Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, welcome to 1874, the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by the athletics master of all trades at the moment, Greg Evans. I'm fresh, but I say fresh, I'm not fresh at all. I've just got back from Sky. Greg, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Daniel. How are Good. you? Yeah, just, as you know, very tired, 3am alarm this morning. You can probably tell by my face, I've seen better days, but I'm sure I'll perk up as I speak to you, Greg, about what's going on at Aston Villa Football Club. Of course, the US tour has come to an end now. Relatively successful, I would say. I watched the game last night against Brentford, thought it was a, a useful exercise. I think we're now starting to see Unai Emery's team kind of kind of take shape, and there's definitely some interesting facets to it that we watched in the game last night. I'm assuming you've watched, Greg, but I don't actually know before I've asked you that question. I don't watch friendlies. Are you mad? No friendlies. No, not having it. What was the golf on us? Oh, I assume. On. No, I've watched a bit. I haven't watched the full games. Um, I obviously wasn't in the states, um, but yeah, I've... friendlies don't bother me too much. I think I think that Villa have um, you're starting to see some good patterns of play now. No need to get a new striker when they've got Esri Conza scoring goals like that. What a goal. <laughs> what a goal, by the way. Um, I wish you'd saved that for a, in the normal season. Let's not, know, let's not do that now, Ezra. Let's, let's it do it that almost gets game. lost a bit, doesn't it? But yeah. uh, fantastic goal, fair play to him. Um, but no, I think, look, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen obviously some of the some of the footage from the games, watched bits back um, and looked at various areas that, uh, you know, obviously writing stuff around. Um, and I think, yeah, starting to see some positive signs. I actually think Villa are in a really good place, yes, certainly yeah. compared to the the rest of the Premier League, because there are a lot of clubs that have still got issues. But Villa are pretty much sorted, aren't they? 
Yeah, it feels pretty set, doesn't it? Like I say, you kind of get an idea now of what kind of flavour Unai Emery's going to go for with his team selection. I thought Moussa Diaby looked very, very good last night. I think he's going to be a real step up in quality for the for Villa's forward play. And I have to say, yet again, I think John McGinn is the first name on the t-shirt, t-shirt the team sheet even. <laughs> I think he's. I've, I've got him on the back of my away shirt that's coming actually, but I've got to say, he was phenomenal yesterday, especially in the first 45, just everything good that Villa did kind of went through McGinn and Diaby and I, I thought that link up was really encouraging. Yeah, I just you know, we, we talk we've talked about McGinn so many times, haven't we, for so many years now. And I think I think it's just great that he's still a big part of this team and Villa have got that continuity because he's you know it's only him and Mings now that are in the the squad from the promotion winning team. Um I think that's good. I think that you know Villa fans can obviously relate to him. He sort of understands the club fully now. Uh, and just you know, passes on that message to some of the new arrivals, and his performances aren't sli- you know they're not sort of dropping off, are they? They're, they're getting they're, better, they're getting better, if anything, and he's just becoming more versatile. I think as as the years go by, uh, so many different positions that he can play in, and so many different areas that he seems to perform well in. Emery, you know, loves him. We know that from the very first conversation that Emery had with him. Uh, it's quite funny, actually, when you think back to that first conversation. That, uh, you know, John McGinn wasn't playing at the time. No. Aaron Danks and Neil Cutler had, um, uh, had dropped him, you know, assuming that he was the problem in, in that Villa midfield. And looking back, it probably wasn't that, was it? It was probably a little bit more. It wasn't an individual thing. Um, and yeah, Emery's first conversation with McGinn was, where's your favourite position? And he said, well, on the pitch, please. <laughs> and uh, he's pretty much been on that pitch ever since for him. And yeah, it's... It's a good sign that you know McGinn's playing well, but that I think the team in general are, are really gelling and um, and looking like a strong outfit. Yeah, could, I think you could literally drop him in any of the front six positions, and he'll give you a really good performance at the moment. I mean, he's pretty much done that actually since Unai Emery's come into the club. I think McGinn must have played in in every one of those front six positions actually in in his time since since Emery's come and. Yeah, just really, really encouraged by, by what I'm saying. When your longest serving player and and now captain. He's still the first name on your team. Some would say that shows stagnation, but actually it just shows what a coach Unai Emery is because like you've said, he wasn't anywhere near hitting the heights that he's hitting Unai Emery's time. And he, he was just, he was so, so good. Everything, everything went through him and it was a really encouraging performance. What did you make of Villa's back line? Pau Torres lined up a left back, but we know the way Emery plays. It's usually with the left back gets the licence to bomb on. Yesterday it was Matt Cash who had the the license to bomb on and popped up with a goal in the in the first half to put Villa three two up. So Paul Torres was kind of playing as the left back that tucks in and, and makes a back three. You haven't seen the whole game, but what what did you make of him? It, it, it's very early days, but I've got to say I didn't think he looked fully comfortable in that in that role. But no, you know, teething no, problems it is early days. No, the same. I shared the same uh, opinion on uh, as you on that. Yeah, I mean, look, Emery's tried to sort of put three centre-backs in uh, the back four positions, hasn't he, during these friendly games in America? And I'm not sure. I, I hope he's not trying to force it too much. I'm certainly not getting too carried away with the team selection in pre-season games because they mean nothing. You know, they are literally about building passages of play, um, learning how to play together, experimenting, and and obviously, more importantly, getting fit. Um, and, and match sharp for the for the season, so I'm not going to talk too much on that. But I just hope it doesn't get to a point where Villa have got four really good centre backs and they're just trying to squeeze three of them in every week. I, I I wouldn't like to see that. I think Villa did a lot right last year, and Emery certainly did in in the formations that he picked. He picked 
pick the right players in the right positions, you know, left back at left back, at right back at right back, etc. Didn't mess about with it too much. And I thought that really helped the balance um, of the team. Okay, Villa have got a minor issue at left back because Alex Moreno isn't fit at the moment, but I would prefer to see Luca Dean in there um, and have a bit more balance to it rather than having three centre-backs in there. Okay, there might be some games in, in the season where three, where um, uh, it lends itself to, to a three at the back formation for a specific game. And yeah, you know, as I say, I'm not getting too carried away because it was just a friendly game. But um, for me, I think Villa play better as you see back uh, the back end of last season when they have a flat back four. Yeah, I mean, pre-tays is the time to experiment with these things. Erno Emery may, may well have come away from that game thinking, I won't do that again. Yeah. Or, he, or he may have seen some things things that he liked. I guess that early on in the season, the left-hand side is not, not going to be a problem, but Moreno's not going to be there. Jacob Ramsey's not going to be there. So the emergence of Philogene on the on the left-hand side, we had a big conversation about him on, on, on last week's podcast. I think he was the only player to start, or certainly the only out. I think he was the only player, actually to start every single game in, in, in the series. You would say at the moment, every still been a little bit coy about it, but you would say that is a pretty big signal that he's part of the plan, certainly in the first half of the season. I think it's looking that way, isn't it? It's looking like he's going to be a part of it, whether he's going to be a starter or not, we'll wait and see. Obviously, Leon Bailey, um, you know, make of his make of him what you want. The, obviously, the, the support, the, the Villa fan base are very mixed and, and split on him. Um but he had obviously some extra time at the Gold Cup, so he returned back late to pre-season. I presume that's why Philogene was playing a little bit more. We'll, we'll know a bit more from the next two friendlies, won't we? That's Lazio and Valencia. I mean, certainly Valencia will be the one where Emery will try and put together his strongest squad ahead of the, the opening game against Newcastle. Um, whether that will include Bailey or Philogene, we'll wait and see. But I think, yeah, he's going to get some minutes for sure. Uh, because there are plenty of games, aren't there? You know, Villa want to go deep in all competitions, so they're going to need lots of players. Yeah, I mean, I touched on him at the start, but DRB, he really did look a, a step up. He looked so, so good. I think he's going to be one of the most exciting signings that Villa have had for, for many a year. I think we said, again, we said last week, year upon year, that kind of wide slash forward player has gone up in, in mm-hmm. quality from what Villa started with when they came in, in, in the Premier League. And, he just looks electric. He looks like he's got so much to his game. Again, it's early days. He may well struggle at times in the Premier League, getting used to it. He'll probably have good games. He'll probably have bad games. But he certainly has a lot to his game. Definitely. Look, it's it's a really exciting signing. You know, we, we touched on it last week. Villa have gone from El Garza to Trezeguet to Traore to Baylor to now Moussa Diaba. Um and they've paid a little bit more each time, or significantly more in this in this last acquisition. Um, and hopefully, he can you know kick on and be a really really important part of Villa's forward line. Do feel like that sort of position needed strengthening. Feel like Watkins is Watkins is going to you know he's durable. He's going to get you lots of goals. He's going to work hard. Um, you know, no need to swap him. Um, the midfield for me is, is pretty much settled now, even with Ramsey injured um, and defence Villa looking quite strong as well with the new addition. So, um, yeah, I just feel like that area is going to be an area where Villa really needed to explore and get better. And I think they will. Um, great for Diaby to get a couple of goals so early on. You want that almost. You want your forwards to just score as quickly as possible because it just gives them a bit more confidence and um, momentum going into the season. Uh, the fact that he hasn't even been to Bodymore Heath until what today or tomorrow is pretty um, pretty incredible, really. And he's still scored a couple of goals for the club. So um, let's hope the next few weeks 
he will get used to his new surroundings a bit more. He's obviously made you know new friends in the, in the team already, um, building connections as you say with with McGinn. You know we sent, we saw that on the pitch the way they linked up well, um, and it will be now be down to the player care team really to to have, you know make sure he settles in into Birmingham, uh, gets everything he needs, gets looked after, and just takes away all the worries so that when he goes on the pitch he's ready to perform. I mean, Derby, I think, will come straight into the team. But the other two, Tillemans and uh, Pau Torres, I actually don't think they'll start the first game of the Premier League season. I think Tillemans has got to break up a very good partnership in, in Louise and Kamara. I think they've earned the right to start that first game. And in fairness, I still think Constant and Mings have earned the right to carry on from the back end of last season as well. Villa kept so many clean sheets. So actually, they're in the position where Tillemans has played in the Premier League before, of course. But actually... They can take it slowly with those two and probably introduce them in the first European game, I would think. Yeah, it sounds like a, a wise move to me. I think, you know, Villa finished the season really well with with Mings and um Konza in centre half. Okay, they've conceded quite a few goals yeah. in pre season. Do you think you that know, means anything? With the high no, line I, seemed no, to get exploited again, quite, quite a lot. I, I don't. I mean I just I, I really you know genuinely don't pay too much attention to these friendly games. It's that they are just, you know games to get the players ready there's so many changes in the games it affects momentum um you know when seven or eight players come on in the second half um the one thing i would say is that you know playing against good quality opposition like villa have and you know teams are going to be coming up against uh in the in the premier league this season is a bit of a bonus because it takes away the element of not really caring because there is a bit of pride there. They want to go and win and, you know, they're not holding back in challenges. You've seen in some of the other games as well in that, in that Premier League summer series, um, some <laughs> challenges going in for sure. I watched Chelsea versus Fulham. Um, yeah, I watched the first half of that. After, uh, after, after the Villa um, yesterday, was it? I can't even remember. Was it yesterday yeah. or Saturday? It was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> wasn't Saturday for you. Every weekend. Um, uh and yeah, and I was, you know, I was watching Chelsea and I kind of just thought, do you know what, like, they've got a lot of issues here, Chelsea as well. And Villa just looks so sort of ready and set up. Okay, they were, you know, conceding a few too many goals and, and maybe not quite as fully at it as they hoped they'd be. But Chelsea just seem like they've got so much still to do. Um, you know, Fulham have got the Mitrovic issue that maybe might not quite get resolved injuries until the end well. of the season, plus injuries. Um, and you just go through the league, I mean... You know, take away the, the top two teams, Man, Man City and Arsenal. Well, you say that, Greg. I've got to say, Man City have got work to do. I'm obviously doing the transfer shows at Sky. Man City have, have lost players, but haven't haven't bought anyone in. And I mean, I would say I would, they, they're short, would, Man City. Yeah, I mean, they 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 probably do need to bring in some some additions, but they've got rid of three of their oldest players, which at some point they're going to have to do anyway. So. We might be talking in the next twelve months and, and be thinking, do you know what? It was actually a good. It was actually a good move. I'm sure what they do will be right. And you know they all seem to do. We, we we thought of the start Zinchenko and Jesus letting the two of them go was possibly the wrong move, and it was strengthening Arsenal. And yeah, it might have strengthened Arsenal, but in the end, it worked out well for City because the players that they had um, at the team went and got them the treble. Um, and look, teams are in transition. You need to move players on, and if you're getting decent money back. For some of your older players, I think these top clubs are having to do it now more and more. Um, you look at Liverpool, you know, they needed a midfielder before they sold Henderson and Fabinho, who who is on the move as well. Chelsea, who we've already mentioned, Tottenham have got the Harry Kane issue. Brighton and Brentford have signed six players each, but are they any stronger? I don't think so. Um, you know, only time will tell. I just feel like it's slightly falling into place for Villa because um, 
they've done very well in the market. I remember the last time I got a little bit too carried away saying that they've won the transfer market was that time when they signed Coutinho and Chambers and Dina in the January. And, and just, Robin Olsen. And Robin Olsen, <laughs> yeah. And it didn't it didn't kick on for them, unfortunately. So I'm trying not to get too carried away, but I just think they've they've done some decent business. Um they've built from a really strong platform um and strengthened, which is going to help them, I think. Well, you're saying that on, on Sky this morning, the the question that got asked a lot of the people watching was who's who's had the best window so far? And the same three teams kept coming up. It was Manchester United, Arsenal, and Villa. Mm. And Newcastle have done well. They, I don't think they're really strong. They've got Tonali. Keep struggling with his name, Tonali. They got Tonali in. Harvey Barnes has replaced at maximum, but really, mm. you know, they're about to embark on Champions League season, and I don't think their numbers-wise, they're they're much stronger. Tonali will really help because he's a high-level player, but yeah. they've got positions they still need to fill. They need to they need another centre back, possibly another full back, as as well. Newcastle, like you said. I think Villa could start the season with the squad that they've got now. And, I've, and if the transfer window shut tomorrow, I'd be pretty happy with what Villa squad and, and what they've got. I think there's the makeup there yeah. of, a, of, of a good squad. I think once Manchester United get Hoyland in, I think Man U, Arsenal and Villa can probably say they've had the best window so far, I would say, because they're building in the right way, all three teams as well, building slowly, not adding like five, six, seven players. When you've done well and you've, you know, you've had a solid season and you're building something, which I think all those three teams I've just mentioned are, the way to improve is to probably buy three, four max into your team, and but they have to be players that really improve improve your squad. I think all of those teams, you could say they've bought in players who are, are of a high level and certainly don't weaken the squad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, United need to get their striker, don't they? Um, if they can get that sorted, they're they're looking good again. That's coming. That's happening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a lot of money it? for potential, isn't it? I feel like Villa of Tillman's on a free no brainer. Pau Torres has played a lot of European football, high level football. You've came in for twenty million less than his release clause. I think it was or somewhere somewhere around that number. And Diaby, I think, prove a bargain mm. in times potentially. A, you know, a French a French international. We all know the the French international set of the players they can choose from is absolutely ridiculous. And this guy was called up to the to, to the World Cup squad. I just think they've brought in high level players and players that are of least equal quality of the the players that that are already there and a couple of them I think will be re, be real upgrades so you know I'm really happy with the with the business so far as I say if the window shut tomorrow I think Villa can be very happy with what they've done yeah and I think one of the main things was to to build a squad that was ready for Europe and and clearly the players at Villa have bought the RB Tielemans and Torres of all are all used to that routine yeah. of playing the Sunday Thursday um or you know you know Champions League as well as as Torres has um so they've looked at that as well. They've looked at it and think and thought, can we get three players, three or four players in that can come in and strengthen our team straight away? I think Diaby definitely strengthens them. I think Torres is equal to 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 what they've already got. Tielemans is equal as well. But the benefit of having those two players in is when one of your midfielders or defenders doesn't um, isn't available, you can bring a like for like player in, and you don't lose any quality. Mm. So it's just strengthening the squad and, and and being prepared for the for the extra games. But I do think Villa are in a good position. Um, yeah, I mean to go to go back to Newcastle, I suppose very briefly. I think Tonali's a, a an improvement on perhaps Sean Long stuff. You yeah, know, probably yeah, looking at probably looking at he will take his role. Um, and they're doing it slowly but steadily. Uh, and each player, you just you just think every player they get in though Newcastle now is really working for them, isn't it? You know, Trippier came in, Botman, um, 
improve the improve the cent, central defence. Then Guimaraes, then Isak. I think Harvey Barnes is a great player. So they just seem to keep getting their their signings right, and we know that Eddie Howe doesn't mix them and match and, and rotate too much anyway. So improve what's there already, hasn't he? As well, Joel Linton, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's going to be really interesting next season because I think there are going to be you know the similar the same team sort of knocking about up there. I, Chelsea, they just they have to get better for me. I think they've got a brilliant manager. Clearly, it's a it's a mess there. They, they, you know, they need to. Well, sort done, a they've lot they've of swept out. up a lot of that mess. In fairness, it's a very young I team. I don't think now. It, I don't think they have done that. They, they've done. They've done. They've done. They have. They have cleaned it up a little bit, but it's still a mess to me. I look at the midfield yesterday, and okay, it's, again, it's only pre-season, but you know, you got Fernandez, Santos, a nineteen-year-old Chupameka. Is he ready? Um, you know, in your in your sort of central midfield, I'm just not sure that's good enough to to. Um, uh, to to get them back to where they want to be, so there are issues there. You know, there's a lot of players there that were relatively young or been out on loan last season, and you just think they they are lacking a bit. And Kunku's going to be a, a decent sign, yeah, I'm good. sure of that. But um, I just feel like Villa, with their sort of real senior squad set now, um, are in a great place, and I think they could use that to their advantage. I'm glad you've said that because it completely backs up what I said on Sky this morning. And the, one of the guys <laughs> I was working with, a Chelsea fan, was looking at me like I'd just said, said the worst thing I could possibly say. And I just said that at the moment, he's not a top six side. They've got a top four manager, but oh. I don't think he's a top six side at the moment. There's a lot of potential there. But that isn't a team I think is going to finish in the top six. I, mean, I think if they get Kai Sader, that'll improve them because he's a very high-level footballer. So good at so many things. Yeah. But you're right about Villa. You know, I believe top five can get you Champions League football. This season as well, because of because of the new format, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that Villa challenge for fifth. I know they've got to manage the European load, and we don't know how what kind of factors that's going to have on the squad. But you would say, based on last season, there's a chance of a fifth. I, I would say if they can build on the momentum from the back they've end of last momentum, season and, and take that into the season. The first three months are really key for Villa, I think, because. Um, the, the group stage of the Europa Conference League is going to cause the most sort of upheaval because those are when the fixtures are going to come quite quickly. Um, and then, you know, the Carabao Cup quickly quickly comes in and then the FA Cup after Christmas. So I think if Villa can get you know, a really solid three, four months under their belt and be sort of in the top six, seven at that point, I think they'll have a great chance of kicking on from there because you've then got the January window if you need to maybe do one more player in just to help. Um you can then sort of pick and choose how important your European games are and whether you need to rest up key players for Premier League games, etc. But I just think those first three or four months are, are key because it may be a slightly lazy example, but if you look back at West Ham last season, they struggled uh, quite early on and then around Christmas and then you got to the back end of the season. And yeah, they had this great European run where they didn't lose in the Open Conference League, which was excellent, and went on to win it. And fantastic look, you look back and it, it's a really it's a really good season for them, nice memories. Um, but you just didn't want that flirt with relegation. And I just hope Villa don't get dragged in or sucked into any of that. I don't I really can't say I don't that. think they will. I, I don't I think they will. But I just think it's it's quite important to get off to a decent start, you know, the first couple of months. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between Unai Emery's football and David Moyes' football. But I take your point, you know, West Ham had finished sixth and seventh. I think before last season, and they just got off to a horrendous start, didn't they? Before they'd even played any European football, I think they lost their first couple of games, and then managed to sneak a one nil at one of the worst games of football I've ever seen at Villa Park. That was a truly awful game that, that West Ham won. Knew that they would win as well because they hadn't scored a goal all season, and they beat Villa Villa one nil. But I look at New. We've talked about Newcastle a little bit there. 
Yeah, bearing in mind the head start we gave them, we didn't. Villa didn't finish too far away from Newcastle. And I think if you look at the two squads, look at the two managers, look at the fact that both managers have actually improved the players that were already there. I think there's a hell of a lot of difference between Villa and Newcastle, squad-wise and quality. And bear in mind as well, we absolutely wiped the floor with them mm-hmm. at Villa Park as well. Played them off the park, and Newcastle fans were, you know, they, they gave Villa a lot of credit that day actually for how they played. Yeah. Said they were the best team that, that they'd faced all season. But I just think if you look at the clubs as a as a whole, I don't think there's a huge difference between Villa and Newcastle. And most people will have Newcastle up challenging towards the top four. Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, I think. The two clubs have got very similar um, issues, shall we say? You know that the fact that they've got to get used to managing European games and a Premier League season for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, both teams um, have been without Europe for a long time. Yeah, and look, you know the, the Champions League games for Newcastle are going to probably be more important than Villa's Europa Conference League games. At be least harder at, as well, at least early on. Yeah, and and you know if if, if you've got a, if you've got a Real Madrid or a um, uh, um, an Inter Milan or a Bayern Munich, yeah, in you know, on a Wednesday or Tuesday night, does that come into your thinking for the for the Saturday before or the Saturday after? And you know, all these things over a course of a season add up, and it, you might see Chelsea and um, Tottenham even. Although I do think Tottenham are going to struggle this year, but you might just see those clubs without European football benefiting slightly later into the season. I mean, you know, you'd probably be good to play Chelsea early and perhaps mm. Liverpool and perhaps Tottenham even. Get those away games out of the way early because come sort of February, March, when they're probably going to be settled, they're going to have a decent sort of team or at least a nucleus of of what they know is going to work with a very good manager. Um, certainly Pochettino anyway. Wouldn't want to be going there a little bit later in the season when they're fresh and they haven't got the European games. Um, and that's when it's going to catch up on teams. So for Newcastle and, and Brighton as well, because let's not forget them, because they've had a great yeah. season as well. Um, uh, and Villa, they're going to have to try and manage that. And that will be the real making of them. You know, if they if Villa can get another season in the top seven, I think, then that's a really good season, regardless of what they're doing in the Europa Conference League. Because um, I just think the teams that finished below them last year, minus uh, Newcastle, uh, minus Tottenham, are going to be a little bit better. Yeah, be interesting to see what happens. It's a bit of a trip into the unknown with those teams. It heavily looks like Kane might be going to buy, and the fact that uh, the delegations come in today into London to, to meet with Spurs, yeah. it feels like that move's probably going to happen now, and that that's a huge loss for Spurs. You you can't replace his thirty goals a season. He is a one off, and it's no. going to be really difficult for them to move on from, from Harry Kane because he's been such a such a big part of the football club for so long. A little bit like when Villa lost Jack. Actually, you know, you've built your team around that player for so so long, and he's been so reliable for so long. I think there may be a bit of suffering to come off the back of that, although I do think they've made a good appointment managerial-wise. I think he he will get it right. He, he just needs a, a little bit of time. But he's certainly get, got the makings of a of an interesting Premier League, and I think Villa are, are up there in the conversation at the moment as one of the teams to, to watch out for. I think the, the momentum, if they do carry it on, which I think they will, I think that's absolutely massive. We mentioned like the European adventure and the Premier League. We haven't talked about the other Cups, League Cup and, and FA Cup, which I'm sure Unai Emery's got got an eye on as well. One interesting thing to come out of the tour is that he's pretty much said, I'm not going to buy another goalkeeper. Now, mm. it's been a point of contention amongst the Villa fans. Look, Olsen, not here to absolutely obliterate the guy, but he's looked shaky whenever he's put on the gloves for, for Villa. Even in the pre-season game, he looked a little bit ropey 
when, when he kind of came into the fray, not really built for building up from the back. You'd assume he's going to get cup games. Are you, are you surprised that Unai Emery is not looking at a goalkeeper as backup that's a little bit more suited to his methods? Well, I mean, I know Villa have been looking at goalkeepers in the background. So, I mean, I wouldn't totally rule it out yet. Do you think he's you just know? saying it to build his confidence up a little bit? I mean, possibly. And, you know, if that is the case, then fair play. But I, I know for a fact that Villa have been looking at goalkeepers over the last sort of six to nine months, um, you know, which all sort of forward planning clubs do anyway. Uh, forward-thinking clubs, clubs do anyway, because you, you always have to look at your next positions and when you're going to when you're going to have to sign an, an ex player in A, B, or C position or whatever. But they certainly have. Um, they looked at the Georgian goalkeeper at Valencia. I know oh, that's sure. Yeah, good pronunciation, mate. I'm glad you oh, dropped that one. <laughs> my goalkeeper in football manager, thankfully. So I managed to, I managed to drop in the right. Oh, the, the right save me there, Dan. No, 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 no worry about it anytime. But with Olsen, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I've, I've obviously spoken to people at the club uh, who have worked with him, Neil Cutler, the, the previous, Cutler. The previous um, goalkeeping coach. And his take on Olsen was always that he's the perfect number two because he's relatively low maintenance. He, know, he knows where he's at. He has got the international experience so he can come in and do a job when he's asked. Um, and he's actually, he believed that he was getting better with his feet as well, you know, which is something that... He did play the odd good ball, but then it's always followed up by a mistake. Five minutes later, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. it's difficult because I, I'm the same. You know, I I share the same opinion as most supporters do with Olsen. I haven't been convinced by him. I look at the games that he's played, other than the game against Tottenham, and and he's looked shaky. I look back at the Brentford game away, really shaky that day. Yeah, um, Newcastle when he came on, shaky. Uh, Manchester United in the cup. Difficult, Stevenage in the cup, not good. You know, it doesn't stack up nicely for him. And when you're behind Emi Martinez, who's got a massive ego, um, and massive ability, doesn't and massive. Well, yeah, you know, rightly so. He, he's he's he backs it up with his performances, and he doesn't miss many games. It's always going to be difficult for you because you can't get in, you can't get that continuity going, and it's it's hard, isn't it, to get called mm. upon and just come and you know be on it. Sort of when, when Outfielders as well, but it's certainly worse for a goalkeeper, I would say. Difficult, but I mean, it, it, it's hard. I think, you know, Villa's next move would probably have to be a younger goalkeeper who's willing to, um, you know, play the long game and eventually take Emi Martinez's place or push him a little bit harder. But you just feel that Olsen's never really got the capabilities to push Martinez. You don't ever think that he's going to be better than him. Um, but do you know, I think that's common nowadays in, in uh, the Premier League. If you look at all the top teams, you know, the, they've got an undisputed number one. We had this conversation earlier on Sky because of David Raya being linked with, with uh, Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, there aren't too many. Keller, yeah. Kelleher. Um, it's Tom Heaton at the moment for, for, for Manchester United or Tiger's never going to come in and be number one for, for, for Man City. Do you know what I mean? There's an undisputed mm. number one. So Martinez is Villa's version of that. He's the undisputed number one. Like I said, I'm not here to, pa- to pan Olsen, but like you've said, unfortunately, every time he's played, he's he's looked suspect. And then that when he's playing with, in front of the Villa crowd, the Villa crowd gets antsy, which doesn't help him. But then his, the way he plays doesn't help the Villa crowd. So it all kinds of works mm. in his horrible con- concoction. But I've got to be honest, I, I love big cuts to bits. I didn't really buy into to what he was saying. I've interviewed him the same, the, the same as you. If it's no good being the perfect number two and being all these things, if when you're on the pitch, you're shipping goals left, right and centre. And if you look at the goals conceded, Colin, when Olsen has been on the pitch, it isn't pleasant reading. And I don't no. think it's a coincidence. 
It's interesting, isn't it, when, when Emery was asked about him? I, I wasn't in the press conference, so I don't know the exact question that was asked, but um, he brought up the Tottenham game, didn't he? He said that, you know, he kept a clean go. sheet against Tottenham. And, um, you know, clearly he's, clearly he's trying to, to boost him and build him up uh, because there the will be games for him, I think. You know, Martinez isn't going to play every single game. Um, as much as he probably wants to. Do you not think, though, in Europe, for example, you know, we've worked so hard to qualify for Europe. I think Martinez will play in Europe. Do you think it's FA Cup and League Cup? Well, I think think it's maybe just League Cup. You think? Yeah, you know. I'm just going by... I don't see why Martinez wouldn't play in the the Europa Conference League and the Premier League. Uh, There there might be times where 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 you give him a rest, but the first three games, for example, in Europa Conference League, that Villa will want to go and win all three, uh, regardless of who they're playing against, if they qualify, of course. Um, uh, I'm sure Martinez will want to play, and and, and I'm sure Emery will want he, one of his strongest teams there as well, because it's the games late later on in the group stage, isn't it, that don't matter too much, or if perhaps if you go and smash a team four 0 in the first leg of a of a of a two legged one later down the line, you know. Yeah, I just I've got to say it's probably the only concern I have. In the, you know, I'm saying if the season started tomorrow, I'd be happy. I'm just, I, I do, I did think they'd get a goalkeeper. I did think they'd bring someone in to, to, to not compete, but someone, someone who's just a bit more adept at mm. what Emery wants. You know, we saw Al Martinez struggled with the distribution from the back when, when Emery first came in. You're asking Olsen to come in once every six, seven weeks. Like you said, I, I don't think it's easy, but I also don't think he's covered himself in, in glory when he's when he's been on the pitch at, at all. I expected them to look at an, an experienced goalkeeper. You know, someone like if Tom Heaton had gone down to third choice at Man U, maybe try and get him back, or Alex McCarthy, who's just been relegated at, with, with Southampton. I thought they just might get that experienced British, happy to be number two, head in. But may, maybe, they, maybe they still will, but Emery might be using the media to, to boost Olsen. And I've got to say as well, if he is on the pitch... The fans have got to got to try and just get behind him and give him some self belief and give him some confidence because he's not the only goalkeeper I've seen go under at, at Villa Park. I think of Michael Oakes; he was a great number yeah. two, but then suddenly he had to play every week when Bosnich got a bad injury. And when he was playing in front of the whole end, and I spoke to John Gregory about this, he couldn't cope with it. He'd always keep a clean sheet in the half at the, mm. at the north stand, but when it came to playing in front of the whole end, yeah, he rooted yeah. to his line. He struggled to, struggled to deal with things, and he just he just couldn't do it. We saw Neyland. Yeah. At times, at times as well, struggle, you know. So Kalinic, as well, you seem to have got goalkeepers that have struggled seem to have followed us around a little bit into, until we got Martinez. But Neilan was an interesting one because every goalkeeper I spoke to that worked with him said, like technically and in, in training, he was the Who's perfect goalkeeper. Neilan, um, oh, yeah. I, I every, everyone who worked with him, you know, players, ex- uh, fellow goalkeepers, they all said that he was the perfect goalkeeper in training. Like he did everything right. Um, I can't go into too much detail because I don't know the exact details. You know, the exactly. athletic distribution terms, but, was yeah, good. He, he had everything basically. But then when it came to a game, there were just too many mistakes, weren't there? But that's kind of um, what we're saying about Olsen, isn't it? You know, cuts has bigged him up, saying how good he is in training, good, good around the place. But like, uh, said, give me one minute, Dan. I'm just moving this um, curtain across you've been, because uh, there's been just so much yeah. bloody sun in my eyes. Been like a vampire. Okay, sorry. Okay. Adam said no edits. So I presume that might stay. Actually, that you've gone and <laughs> got. Now I know you've been struggling with it for for, for a while. Yeah, yeah. Let's get this, let's get this through the glass. Yeah. Let's get this guy back. Pepe, what's, <laughs> Pepe, a, what's right, he? What's yeah. he doing now? Jesus, remember that game at uh, Southampton away? Oh my word! Yeah, he did have a couple. I, of I actually planned to go. I planned to go to that game right in about um, 
about Pepe Reina. Sometimes we always go to the game with a, a positive plan, piece, and then in just the last ten minutes, he was just all over the place, wasn't it? Yeah, I take, I take it back as a number two though. He's very good with it, good good with his feet. Pepe Reina still probably got a bit about him as as well. My barber gave me that shirt because Pepe Reina. I mean, he hasn't got much hair actually, so I'm not sure what he was doing at the barber. But <laughs> when he left Villa, he gave he gave all the lads that worked in the in the barbers, he gave them all a match worn shirt. So oh, my barber knows I collect them, and he and he gave me because he said it's just sitting in sitting in his house. But he sounded like a top guy by the by yeah. the way, Pepe Reina. And I still yeah. trip down goalkeeper memory lane. For us there whilst talking about Olsen. Before we go, Greg, we've covered the America tour pretty well there. I would say I've gone into some detail. I have to ask you about what you're hearing about transfers. Do you think Villa are done? Um, from what I understand, the, the focus now is moving players on. That's real, really key now because... Um, it was awesome. Manu, a lot of parallels there. Yeah, but look, you know, Villa, Villa have got three players in on, you know, huge wages and a lot of money spent um, in in transfer fees so with, with Diaby and Torres, um, you know, it's significant investment. They have to move players on now. Players that aren't going to feature. We we know that Nakamba's you know moved and there's a little bit money back for him. Sanson's gone out on loan, so so he's off the wage bill. Talk to me but, about Wesley to Stoke. Greg. Wesley to Stoke. You know, n- another one actually off the wage bill, but you know, no, nothing really back in in terms of um, you know any financial fairly hefty wage. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you come in for £22 million, you can have a decent salary as well, aren't you? So uh, it's just a shame. Like, I, do, I do feel really, really sorry for Wesley because, um, you know, he had one of the worst injuries sort of medical staff have ever seen at, at the club. So Especially it, it was came out of didn't I, to deal with that injury? Yeah, it was it was horrendous, and you know, for for a player to to sort of come over to England and you know get get your Premier League dream, and it all sort of ends like that so quickly. He's he's sad, really. Okay, you know, we might look at it and think, well, he's a very very well paid flop. I know that's, but no. you know, there'll, there'll be a but you know, his personal pride will be hit there. He wanted to play in the Premier League. He wanted to feature regularly for Villa, but just never, unfortunately, got there. It'd be interesting to see how he does at Stoke. Yeah, I'm quite interested by it. You know, he didn't, didn't get many goals last year in, in Segunda, so um, I think it'd be tough for him, but let's see. Uh, there, there are other players as well, aren't there? You know, your Courtney Horses, your Keenan Davies. I was going to ask you about those two, because they're kind of caught up in a bit, bit of no-man's land, aren't they? That those two yeah, well, not featured Hors- for Villa for a long time. No, well, Hawes had a, uh, an injury issue, didn't he, at the back end of last season? Um, we we wrote about that in in depth on the Athletic. So, for those uh, who are subscribed, go go and have a read of that, and that'll explain his situation. Um, obviously, Villa will try and get a little bit of money back for for each of their players if possible. There are I don't know if they'll be moving on any of the youngsters for permanent on permanent deals. I mean, Finazas is a player that obviously performed really well at Plymouth last year. Um, quite a few other clubs in the Championship are, are looking at him. He might might get another loan and maybe Could he not build go up back to value. Plymouth. They're in the Championship now, aren't they? P- Plymouth want to re-sign him, but there are other clubs that are interested. So it's a case of just um, holding fire. You know, Tim Boonham, another one who uh, had been. You know, lots of people are asking where is he? He's injured. He missed the US tour. Um, we'll see about what happens in the future, but expecting him to be a part of the Villa team or squad further into the season. Um, Aaron Ramsey, uh, you know, no, th- there are so many players that like that could go out on loan. Then, then I mean, look, that then Dunker is, is a player that if Filler can get a decent transfer feedback for him, they'll take that. They don't want him to, they don't want to move players out on loan, they want to get money back in for them. Um, 
you know, I think if you remember the reason that Dendonka was signed is because Steven Gerrard thought that Douglas Luiz was going to Arsenal. Um, you know, he didn't go in the end, so Villa effectively had another midfielder. Um, Dendonka never really let Villa down. I, you know, I, I think he's a, a decent player. You know, he's. I think the four games that he came in to towards the back end, the, Villa didn't lose a game. So, no. um, you know, he plays a part, but. Have Villa moved on, and you know the fact that they got Telemans in, he's probably better than him, um, and they've got some of the youngsters coming through. So, also, I think he's a useful squad member. I still rave about him from that Newcastle game at home, where he hadn't played mm-hmm. for months and just dropped in like he'd been played every week. I think that's he was a sign of a, wasn't it? That's a really solid, good, reliable squad player. Dendonka, not the quickest, but always puts himself in the, in the right place. And I think Douglas Luiz had some good games playing next to him. Actually, some of Douglas's best games actually came. When he was playing next to, to, to Dendonka, I'd like him to stick around, especially for European games. I think he's a he's a useful option off the bench as well with his height. If you need, you know, if you're trying mm. to see trying to see a game out against a physical side, you bring Dendonka on. That's another bother defending set pieces. I'd like like him to stay, but as just think, week, yeah, but it just trust them. Yeah, right? of course, of course, of course. You know, it'd be great to to have all these players to turn to and just have a really really strong, um, you know, nineteen months, eighteen, nineteen man squad, whatever it is. Um, but there is a need to sell a couple of players. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course. You, you just have, you just have, they just have to do it. Man, you were doing it, aren't they? I think they don't really want to move Tom and I on, yeah. but if they get an offer for him, and they'll, they'll sell him. Basically, if West Ham yeah. pay the money that they want, if not, they're quite happy to keep him. But they'll, they'll move him on if a, if a substantial offer comes in. Same with same with Harry Maguire. They're probably quite happy to keep him around as a fourth centre back. But if they can get high relatively high transfer fee back in they're not going to get back what they paid for him obviously they'll, they'll move him on I think there's a, a lot I've realised this week a lot a lot well last two weeks a lot of clubs are in a similar position of not being you know financially really concerned and deep trouble but if they can move players on who aren't going to feature very much they'll do it because it, it you know, it makes sense. It makes sense to do. Right, one more doorbell. Good timing. <laughs> that was good timing. Yeah, thanks very much, Greg. Really enjoyed talking to you on 1874, the podcast. Not sure what shows will be coming up, but there will be some content coming soon. So I'm going to go and answer my door and Greg can protect himself from the sun. Thanks ever so much for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on. Give us a comment as well. <coughs> like the video if you've enjoyed it or leave a review or a like wherever you are digesting this podcast. Thank you very much. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.